0: you are now tuning in to let's be honest with host just jonda To Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. I'm your host Just Jonda and today is episode 35 again in our non-stop November I don't know we call it countdown race whatever but it's every day you've got me every day and I hope you're enjoying it. So it's episode 35 a reunion on the island of misfit toys. Well today wasn't really a heavy news day other than the 24-hour cycle of the election that sort of ended, but kind of has the country um, held hostage, for one of a better way of putting it. That's, at least that's the way I feel like it is going, because there isn't anything moving forward on... Um, because of the way that uh, President Trump is behaving with this, it's as if, despite the fact that there is an army of attorneys and others who are moving forward with these contests and lawsuits and all of that, not to mention the appointees in top levels of government who are not doing their job as expected in terms of aiding in the transition despite all of that and the fact that he doesn't have to manage all of those things really personally it doesn't seem as if he's able to multitask and deal with other things that the country is facing and so that's why I say it's kind of I feel like the country is held hostage. So, of course, there's that. And as far as um, our other fun gossip pop culture, all of that, nothing really big is going on there. Certainly nothing that those of us on the grown and sexy side of things really care about. Um, There's certainly a lot of aftermath and follow-up. From The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I did a review and some gossip on last night. There's so much as it relates to that and particularly as it relates to one character um, that I have just been getting just i can't even talk (laughs) i've been getting gobs of information uh in my dms and just things sent to me through messenger so i am probably going to just give that its own show more than likely the saturday show unless something huge happens between now and then that'll uh it i think it's worth uh um its own show whether you watch the actual reality show or not It's just some good dish. So we'll talk about that later. So today's show, I'm really only going to focus on two things. So we're going to do a little bit of election wrap-up. And I do have a little bit of tea, or really more so some opinions, as it relates to The Real Housewives of Potomac, which is taping today. As you may notice, I did not talk about that very much during the season. I think it's been beat to death for those of you who've watched it in terms of um in terms of just the fight and and all of that and the other fake relationships um it it, i i just think it was overdone and then there were just some things that were said that i that i had some strong feelings about but then i had to check myself and say you know what these this mess isn't even worth having some strong feelings, about, I just didn't particularly care about how they were put out there in terms of black women and how some look versus the other, depending on their behavior and respectability, politics, et cetera. Anyway, I suspect that I'm gonna end up breaking my silence on that when we cover the reunion, because that is the one thing that I did commit to talking about. As it relates to that show, and the reunion won't be for weeks, so let's get started. Election wrap up: Nothing has changed. There, the states that were still counting a couple of ballots here, a couple of ballots there, like Arizona, uh, it has not changed. It is still considered a flip to a flip to blue for Joe Biden. So, President Elect Joe Biden, the number is a lot lower. Uh, in terms of the gap between he and President Trump, it's a lot lower than what they uh, anticipated, especially given where it started when this was initially called for him, where it was like maybe a, I think at one point, like a a 60,000 something vote difference. And then it went to, for a couple of days, it was floating you know in the mid 40s now it's down to 11,000 but based on what's left they don't expect that it'll change so the gap between uh current president Trump and president elect Biden not as wide as they thought it would be but a flip nonetheless and considering that it is a flip because this was a republican stronghold it's still a win I mean remember Arizona is um home to John McCain so that, that is definitely a flip, although uh, John McCain was family, obvious for obvious reasons, doesn't support President Trump. But again, it's not like John McCain was alive to actually go around and um, actively advocate individuals voting for Joe Biden. But nevertheless, a flip is a flip. Uh, the election back with Gore and Bush was decided on a mere 500 votes in Florida. So we certainly have way more than that. Georgia is still holding a Biden victory at uh, about 14,500 votes. Uh, If you don't know, that state, bless their hearts, is not only being forced to do a recount, but forced to do it by hand. So, You know, again, God bless them. It is not an easy task. And what some people may not realize is that if the recount was just based on this one election, which technically it is in terms of these two candidates, that would be one thing. However, some of the allegations that President Trump's team is raising, aside from the fact that it's less than a 5% margin or a 0.05% margin, which would have triggered a recount anyway, um, they are, are are alleging that there's some measure of election fraud that took place here. And with a Republican governor a Republican secretary of state. I mean, really, all of the officials, there Republican, despite the fact that they were treating the I believe it was the secretary of state like crap and even asking for his uh, resignation. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't feel sorry for any of these people after what they did to Stacey Abrams, least of all. Um, anybody in that whole mix of election officials and um, the governor and all of them, even the secretary of state, because they stood by and watched what was just a miscarriage on so many different levels with the current governor running for, for governor while he was the person who was over the elections and didn't recuse himself. So that was just a mess. Um, and and we already know that, of course, the best revenge uh, for Stacey Abrams was the success in what she has managed to do with these campaigns, not just in Georgia, but across the country with uh, educating and getting out Democratic voters and registering I think it's something like over five million people or something I I mean it it was a lot of people either five million or five hundred thousand I'll double check but I mean just an insane amount of people and um at least half of those being African American and of course a substantial number number of them being Georgia but you know her reach definitely went nationwide so at any rate, I point that all out as it, um, as it relates to Georgia, because if one of the grounds that at least the court side of it is willing to accept is that there was some measure of election fraud, not just the issue of um, the the margin being so close, then that calls the entirety, the entirety of the election into question, which means that when they go through those millions of ballots, depending on which county they're looking at, then they're not only focusing on uh, President-elect Biden versus current President Trump, but they also have to tabulate, tabulate the numbers All the way down the rest of these ballots as well and again that varies from county to county depending on the number of initiatives that um, that any one county may have some counties may also have people running for representatives whether to their state houses or their um, you know, their their national offices, like their congressmen and senators that go to Washington as opposed to their Georgia Georgia state legislature. And also, even as it relates to the Senate race, those two uh, Senate races that are heading towards a runoff on January 5th, part of the reason for those runoffs, uh, in, in particularly because no one... Uh, re- there were majorities, but no one had a a majority that was 50% or more, was because there were multiple individuals running in each of those races. There was, uh, I looked at the ballot, there was, uh, as it relates to one candidate, there was about five or six people running in that race. And then as it relates to the other candidate, it was something like, Seven or eight. I mean it looked like a whole damn page of people that you just assumed were all running for different things until you look closely and realize they were all running for that one office. So that of course made it possible that no one was going to get the get the majority. And by the way, these were not even individuals from a bunch of different parties. Now some of them were. However, again, As I said, there were multiple people uh, running for each of those positions, and within that, multiple Democrats, multiple Republicans, as well as independents, green, etc., which is not only why they didn't reach 50% generally, but it also is going to be very interesting moving forward because now that the runoff is just between two people in the one race and two people in the other race, the question is going to be where that, the rest of all of that support goes. Now, in the one race, if, for instance, all of those Democrats put all of their weight under the one candidate and i I don't want to screw up the name, so i I'm sorry if I'm just speaking of it generally. If all of the Democrats put all of their votes under the one candidate, that candidate has a much better chance of winning because there was only one Republican that really got a good number that really got a good number of votes and excuse me the one that he's running against whereas if the democrats votes were not split up all over the place there's at least the possibility that he would have come closer to getting the 50 percent if not actually got it so that bodes well for that particular candidate going into The runoff in January as long as they can get all of those people back out and of course they don't hold hold grudges and those their candidates for the greater good encourage their people to go out and put their weight behind the one candidate the other one is a lot trickier because although there was just Literally, damn near a page full of individuals running for that seat. The top vote getters were the Democrat, uh, the Democrat candidate with, I guess, about a million. The Republican candidate again with about a million. But there was another Republican candidate who had about a million as well. So if the weight Of those two comes together and the Democrat, if he were lucky, picked up all of those other votes from those other individuals, even if they picked up every last one, it may just be mathematically impossible for them to win unless, of course, those Republicans who voted for the other two that they lose a substantial number of them because they were Trump supporters who only came out to vote for President Trump because we know in a national election, that's what people do. And they just happened to vote down the ballot while they were in the process of doing that. So, and, and of course, any of this depends on how committed people are to any of these candidates and whether or not they will take the time to come out and vote again since there is no national election at stake. Because we know that um, just historically, the numbers show what they show. and, And that is however much we may encourage and try to educate voters that the local and state elections impact their lives much more closely and that they need to come out. They just simply don't. So that is where the numbers are. Now, a few Republicans are slowly but surely. I mean, you have people like Karl Rove, even Geraldo Rivera, not that we really care much about what he has to say, but uh, there's been a few people who are slowly but surely coming out and saying, even if they're not willing to really say it on full blast in mixed company, that this these contests are going nowhere and for the good of the country and even for the good of the people who support him that he needs to go ahead and concede and let's move forward because the more he amps these people up the more they become entrenched in the conspiracy theories, and it just makes it, it it just makes things hard for everybody to function, even with their own constituents, in moving them beyond this, in and, and just going on to the next thing. And of course, it does not bode well for how um, how split this country is although it always was, so I will say the exposure of how split this country is and trying to essentially not have us function that way, at least not until there's another election. And the only way to try to stop that is to stop taking these individuals down a primrose path where they become fully convinced and committed to this notion that this election was rigged and our very system because of a rigged election and this then illegitimate president that flows from this illegitimate election that our um country and at least this system is fundamentally flawed. Now, there are those of us certainly if you're looking at it from the standpoint of institutionalized uh racism and systemic racism, we would say that there are there are fundamental flaws with um our our country and how it operates but remember these individuals are part of a party that do not believe that these are the true americans the true patriots uh, as far as they're concerned and so for them to go down that dark path uh, which is usually reserved for their Unabomber-type counterparts and uh, doomsday people and, um, you know, all those other weirdos that a Trump campaign tends to bring out from under rocks, caves, and and mountains, you just don't want your entire party adopting that. Um, That's a very scary place to be, even for the individuals who represent that party, because at the end of the day, even the people who are technically there representing them don't relate to that in any way. They just don't. And they can pretend they do, but they don't. Do you think Lindsey Graham relates to the people in Appalachia? Of course not. This is somebody who could just announce that they're stroking a check for $50 million or 500000 or whatever to freak to Trump's you know (laughs) pun intended trumped up legal fight against the election when there is nothing to be gained or lost for him one way or the other number one he's rich as hell and number two he he didn't lose his seat he won his handily another four years of him So, it's not like he needs this. But that being said, do you think he relates to those people? He doesn't even relate to the people who are kind of the bread and butter of the party, even in his own state. Never has, never will. He's just not on that level. He couldn't even begin to conceive of the way that those people live. So, once you add to it this additional layer of misinformation and craziness especially given to um some folks who are not in any way interested in dispelling that it's not like anybody's going to do their own research or um or really just accept anybody telling them anything other than him And really, even if he does concede, he's going to do it in a manner that is, you know, they made me do it. So it still won't be accepted anyway. So there you go. Now, in a quick, just little interesting gossip piece also about the, since we're talking about Trump's anyway, Oh, by the way, before I even get to that, I love this quote from um, Representative Denver Riggleman, a Republican congressman from Virginia, who did an interview for this. Now, he's one of the few congressmen who said that President Trump might as well concede. Now, he did not uh, get elected, uh, get reelected. So, again, he has nothing to lose in a different way. He's he's a one-termer, and as of January, he's on his way out. So... He doesn't give a damn, I guess, with breaking rank, but that doesn't make him any less correct. Now, he, put, he said this quite colorfully, and is sort of where my title came from, but he gave rise to a, a rising concern, one that I just explained as, as it relates to the Republican Party. He goes, that is really, I think, the island of the misfit toys at this point. You've crossed the Rubicon, you jumped on the crazy train, and you're headed into the cliffs that guard the flat earth at that time, brother. And what else did you say? So, um, basically, he is, he's just saying, look, you're contributing to the crazy. Stop. And... For me, personally, I'm just wondering how long the Republican leadership is going to pretend that President Trump is not basically holding the country hostage. I mean, he is. So I'm going to jump to this other story about uh, the Trump family, and then I'll round out with COVID and we'll go to something lighter. In other news, uh, there was a report out there from some individuals, three families that go to school with uh, Ivanka and Jared Kushner's children. Now, apparently, their children were going to the Milton Gotsman Jewish Day School, and this is in Washington, D.C., and now they've been pulled out as of September to the Melvin J. Berman Hebrew Academy. Now, these are all very high-end, very expensive schools. And those three parents from the Milton School told the Jewish Telegraphic Agency that other parents, including them, had complained that Kushner and Trump weren't following the school's COVID-19 protocols, and that made them fearful for their children because they're one of the schools, as several private schools are doing they are uh, not doing all virtual classes several private schools um in particular are doing in-person classes they felt like you know between the fact that their class size is smaller and of course private school you've got money because the parents are paying tuition that between the smaller class size and other protocols that they could put in place that public schools obviously wouldn't be able to afford that their kids can come to school. And they, and these two certainly aren't the only ones. I actually know people personally who um, kids go to private school and, and that was part of the reason why COVID notwithstanding even financial stuff, that's why they left them there so that their kids could keep going to school. So The school's uh, COVID protocols obviously extend to not just what goes on at school, but the parents basically on an honor system, and again, I totally agree with this, even though I'm not in this situation, my child is virtual, Um, that sort of on an honor system, there are certain behaviors that the families would observe at home. Because obviously, if you are are not observing certain behaviors at home, i.e. not having large family gatherings or going to large gatherings, having close contact with other people without face masks and that type of thing, then you defeat the whole purpose Of the community that we are trying to create by saying we have this small exclusive community where our children can attend school and their parents can you know continue to live their lives as sort of as normal as any of us can or go to work or whatever they do because as a unit we are all observing these protocols in and out of school and of course hell it doesn't take a rocket scientist i could have called the school and told them (laughs) that uh, jared and ivanka weren't observing these protocols even because we see them all the time and without masks even if they're not at events even if the children aren't at events with them if you live with your kids and you're rolling out to super spreader events and in this case just being at the white house seems to be a a just super spreader life then uh you're going home to those children so of course this is this would be problematic so i get it now of course the kushner's line is that They moved their children because the other school, the Berman school, offers more, even more in-person schooling. So perhaps the, uh, I'm assuming that means uh, that the Goldsman, the Milton Goldsman school is probably, again, as part of their COVID protocol, is probably not having the children there every single day, which is what some other schools, even public schools, have done to kind of split the difference with the whole virtual learning thing. And um, so arguably, just based on some context clues here, the other school is going to school more, so they're using that as their excuse. Now, as it relates to COVID altogether, it's really just too depressing to even go into the numbers are rising at a level where the united states as a whole is an actual hot spot we had an, another record bro- uh, broken with an additional 144,000 cases in 24 hours heading towards a prospect of 1 million cases a week by the end of the month and if you don't care about that because so many people get over it then the only thing I can tell you is just to take two minutes with me and look at it from a broader perspective. If five million cases and we're talking five million cases spread out over the course of like six months yielded almost a quarter million deaths and even more hospitalizations. I feel like I'm doing a word problem. Multiply what those deaths in hospitalizations would look like if we remain on track for 20 million cases by the end of the year, and I'm talking the end of 2020, you're talking about quadrupling that 5 million number which arguably would kind of work out the same with the number of deaths and the number of hospitalizations. But here's the kicker, it is happening, in a much shorter period of time, which would also beg the question about aggressiveness and uh, aggressiveness and mutation. And it's not like five gazillion more people suddenly became doctors and nurses in the past six months. So you're also talking about the numbers being exponentially more aggressive and still trying to deal with that with the same number of medical professionals and facilities. And don't let the good taste fool you when it comes to the whole vaccine thing because from my understanding, they haven't even done the testing as it relates to children. So you're still not getting these little mofos out to send them to school yet. And even if they were to try to start getting it out, you got to deal with your health care providers first. Because if they stop dropping on you, then it's all pointless. Not to mention the fact that, you know, yeah, be happy if you get over it in the sense that you don't have it acutely anymore and you test negative, but we have yet to see the long-term effects of you having COVID survivors having had a respiratory disorder a respiratory disease or a virus, however you want to put it, that attacks the respiratory system, not to mention the fact that every other day there are, developments about other effects that come along with that so this is nothing to play with very much a crisis and tweeting isn't going to solve it i told you i would lighten it up and i am because it deals with something that i think is kind of fun especially because we're going to get into some looks so and i hope you like that i am time stamping these in case you want to skip to this and go back i'd love for you to listen to the whole thing it really helps me and by the way side note thank you thank you thank you for continuing to listen and for my new listeners welcome i hope you're subscribing and sticking around and I looked at my analytics today, it it just for um, one of my carriers, and it is over a thousand. And I still have to look at the other characters, so, uh, I mean, the other carriers as well. So, very excited. Now, let's get to some stuff we don't have to think about it too hard. The Real Housewives of Potomac, as I mentioned earlier. Andy Cohen announced on his Twitter, and he showed himself wearing his little suit and had uh, T'Challa, Monique samuels Bird, who definitely was one of the stars this season, he uh, announced that the show was actually taping the reunion today. Now, we know that they do this sort—it's it, very crafty, really, how they do the reunion, right? Because they make sure that they don't record it until— they're well, they don't record the reunion, despite the fact that the show footage was recorded, it's certainly for Potomac anyway, damn near a year ago, because this fight happened in October of 2019, and that's most of what they're talking about. And then, of course, the Juan Dixon, Robin Dixon engagement stuff happened at their last bit of taping right before christmas again of 2019 and that was kind of their wrap-up other than i'm sure like some pickup shots for the aftermath which i'm sure they did when the charges were dismissed since that was such a big part of the season but even that happened um late december early january in fact i think if i re- if i recall correctly the judge dismissed all of that before the new year because they had a court date of something like December 17th or something I reported on it on the f and D B. so the dates are vaguely in my head and because I have a scary um, good memory for foolishness so at any rate according to Andy and reports that we've seen and the mere fact that T'Challa was there that we know that all of the cast members will be present and cast by cast members we do mean including uh monique samuels candace dillard and of course t'challa the star now will they be all on the stage at the same time especially because we know that some people giselle bryant and candace dillard have been doing a little much uh in the aftermath of the the fight that no one can keep uh, can stop talking about will they all be on stage together who knows? I suspect that uh, candace Dillard will probably make a show out of either not being actually on the stage at the same time as, as Monique, or being on the stage at the uh, on the the area where they'll be filming at the same time, and um, you know cowering in the corner with her post-it notes. Now, the lawyer in me. S- especially having done post personal injury as well. I'm gonna say she's gotta make sure, I'm, and that's what I'm getting from all of this stuff, that she's gotta make sure her emotional distress continues to be well documented for her eventual eventual civil suit against Monique and her husband. In most states, and including mine, which is Virginia, and their, uh, this incident happened in Maryland, so our, our stuff's fairly similar. Um, In most areas, you have at least two years to bring a suit like this, and that incident happened in October 2019, so she's got time, plenty of time, to document her psychological and emotional problems and PTSD, and it's been played up perfectly on the show. Okay, put that on the shelf, because as you have probably picked up, I don't care. What I care about as it relates to the reunion at this point, because no matter what is leaked, because certainly there'll be things tr- strategically leaked over the next several days, there will be bloggers who will get some alleged exclusive tea from someone. It I would bet the farm that before the sun sets tomorrow which is Friday the 12th today I'm sorry um, Friday the 14th to, uh, Friday the 13th I'm sorry Friday the 13th or at the latest Saturday the 14th between either love B Scott or the Jasmine brand the shade room maybe but when it comes to the house comes to the housewives love B. Scott is is the guy. Um, as it relates to the news. But some of the other ones, you never know. And, and quite frankly, they usually get their news from Love B. Scott and have to cite him. Doesn't matter, where, doesn't matter which one you look to, whether it's him or someone quoting him. By the time the sun sets on Friday the 13th or Saturday the 14th, there will be some strategic leaks about what happened. Of course, it'll be enough to for a good story. It'll get people talking. I'm sure if it's uh, some really good, something interesting, you know, I, I will promise you, I will bring it here even if I got to break into some of my Salt Lake City coverage to give it to you. But what is most important that they usually release, um, again, Bravo will do like at least one photo of them all together or... In groups because again the drama with this cast and then once they do that that sort of gives the women permission to start releasing their own getting glammed up pre and post photos um, on their personal social media so within the next day or two in addition to the scoop we will also see the fashions how they looked and of course That is just as important as it relates to these housewives reunions. Uh, Really, as definitely when it comes to Beverly Hills and Atlanta, Potomac, to a lesser degree, but still interesting because if nothing else, Potomac gives us stuff to go, what the entire hell. So these are my predictions as it relates to the fashions based on history without seeing a thing. Karen Huger who has certainly emerged in a whole new way this season generally in my opinion screw the fight Giselle's fake relationship Robin's long suffering whatever the hell she's doing again Ashley's never ending back and Ashley Darby's never ending back and forth with the husband and who he's cheating with and embarrassing her in the press yes it was some interesting tea for her to finally sort of admit if we want to call it that that their marriage is quote unconventional unquote but i i really don't feel like that's anything that we didn't already know literally from her entrance on the scene when she more or less made it clear that she and her husband had a very active sex life and based on some of her behaviors in her very first few episodes and i do believe even a few things she said made it clear that she was sexually adventurous even to the point of having no issue with being with women as well. I I felt like that was something that we were all clear about, even if she didn't spell it out chapter and verse that on these days of the week, me and Michael may bring home a, a, a house guest that actually sleeps in the bed with us naked. And we don't go to sleep. I, I just don't feel like that was news. But I guess in Housewives world, it sort of is. And certainly for this particular franchise, um, it kind of is, is as well. So I guess. At any rate, Karen, who to me emerged as the star of the season in a whole different way than even what she was before, just in terms of the way that she is maneuvering, um, around through up down, reading the women, the whole nine yards. Um, it, she has definitely gained a whole new respect from me and, uh, just in terms of the things I've been following has certainly gained, uh, a, a whole legion of new fans. I bring her up first, not just because of that, but because the fact that her styling has gone to another level just works hand in hand with the fact that she has emerged in a different way on the show this season. So it works out perfectly because it's just this whole new version is Grand Dame 2.0, but grandin that we like um 2.0 she clearly has a new stylist that is fan-freaking-tastic from the wigs to the clothes on the show this is a crew that unless they are having a function they tend to be a little more casual so um unless it's really bad or really gaudy like a Giselle Bryant or a Wendy Osifo, you don't really get a sense of um, their fashions like you do with Atlanta unless it's like really really good or really really bad and and again not even so much the really really good because they just tend to be a much more casual cast mm-hmm. if they're not having a function they're in jeans and sometimes even joggers if you leave it up to uh if you leave it up to robin dixon so whereas of course we're used to atlanta and beverly hills where they can be going to coffee hell even a basketball wives except in a different ways there's a sort of like la thought but still nevertheless hair done is kind of like the song hair done dress done everything done done um this is not that kind of cast that being said you uh if you want to see their looks in terms of the dressed up pieces and to see what they're bringing to the table this cast it mostly shows in their hair and best hair has consistently uh with this cast bar none been monique robin with the short haircut and of course when it is done not when she just kind of wets it and puts some gel in it but uh the short haircut and i suspect on the days that they film when she just just left the salon karen has brought it with the hair this season even with maybe the hairdos or wigs that weren't necessarily your favorite they were still quaffed and done and uh weren't something that Uh, was just taken out of a bag and shaken and her outfits outside of the show shut it down even at cynthia bailey's wedding one of the best dressed there that black sleek dress of hers with just the with the leg and the not overdone it wasn't like a, a porsche with where it was like okay pick a textile are we gonna do ruffles feathers pleats what are we gonna do no hers was a little bit more simple it looked sleek elegant it actually even looked expensive very well done and she has been consistent that way she is even her instagram has reflected that so um and last in the last reunion again she i would say top two dressed her in her and monique um, while her outfit wasn't over the top it was well fitted well tailored um, and it didn't look totally off the rack the rest of them what didn't look off the rack just looked like what somebody's cousin made so I'm looking forward to seeing what she brings because there is absolutely no question especially if you follow her in any capacity that there is someone that she is working with that has keyed into a, a look for her and it is working in every way. Makeup, the body is right. She's She's been great with the body for a long time. Anyway, the wigs, I tend to like the sleek wigs. She had a look the other day where it was big and curly. And while the hair was nice quality hair, because you can tell when hair is good quality and, and not, from a quality standpoint, it was great hair. It was nicely colored. is the color that has kind of become her signature, but I just think it was too big, too curly, looked a little young, something that you would expect um, Monique to wear, of course, in her signature black or, or same thing with Portia in her black. Maybe even Cynthia, because even though Cynthia is in the same rate, age range as Karen, Cynthia can pull things off because she's a model. And of course, being very tall, she can also pull off, things that are voluminous and not feel not seem swallowed by them if history serves and what we've seen on on the show and off-camera appearances and nothing has appeared to change this season in fact when it comes to giselle bryan has gotten to the point where it's a running joke that even other cast members talk about uh But again, if history serves, Giselle, Robin, and Ashley will be on Struggle. They just... Sometimes Ashley might be halfway there with the hair, but otherwise it is just bad. If it doesn't look cheap, it's the wrong color. If it's not the wrong color, then it's ill-fitting or weird jewelry or odd hair or... Uh, makeup that is off coloring or in the case of Robin they cross the line into that place where she starts to look draggy because she has such strong features is just so she is one that does not need much contouring and when you go with too much too dark and depending on the lip that you look on her that you put on her you can literally send her into drag territory which is very unfortunate for someone who is attractive um so i'm not expecting much there if we get a happy surprise then great i mean i would hope giselle would give us a happy surprise just because there's just been so many bad ones um wendy osifo of course or osefo i'm sorry um we have to go with what we've seen on the show and of course i've seen some things on uh, i've i've looked at her instagram and she posts liberally she loves putting up pictures of her and her family and if what she's done on the show especially in those god-awful confessionals And what we've seen on Instagram is any indication she has yet to meet an edit button that she doesn't ignore so um, if it's understated I'd actually be shocked because we know if the dress is understated the hair and the jewels are gonna be something to talk about or if hair and jewels are muted the dress will be something to talk about or she may decide that she wants to have a whole nigerian moment and play that up and give us a whole um attire which by the way i love modern nigerian fashion oh my god if you look at their bridal stuff amazing but again time and place and if she does it right with the nigerian fashion It's possible that it could work, but again, she has a tough time with the edit button, so uh, I I don't have much faith. But I, I would like to see her, now that I've sort of talked it through, I would like to see her maybe bring that out, especially if it's one of the modern designers out there because the stuff is fly as hell. Um, in that whole Nigerian fashion world and, and just the stuff that, you know, gets on the runways in Lagos. And yeah, it is some really, really good stuff, especially the bridal couture, um, which of course, since they go formal for the reunion, she actually could pull something from one of those lines, as long as, you know, she keeps the bottom from being like, you know, ballroom or whatever the only person who can pull that off is Portia um the usual winner in their reunions and I, I just if you disagree with me too bad or is probably because you don't like her the usual winner in their reunions whether you like the specific look that day personally um because sometimes someone can look good but it just not be your particular aesthetic um is monique because if nothing else the hair and face are gonna be what they're gonna be um it i would it appears to me that she sticks with a team that knows how to do her and they're consistent and they do it right and that's what you do i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it and certainly a reunion not the time to f it up and damn sure for her not this reunion she's got to come in head held high when she's required to have her humble humble moment have that humble moment but as far as i'm concerned that only specifically relates to candace as it relates to the rest of these women giselle robin wendy she needs to come in there on point certainly with the fashion and look as always and you know they can kiss their ass because none of them can compete in that regard. Because I just don't think that there's anything that she owes them. So um, I think that the reunions uh, or anything formal with them, but certainly the reunions, because that's typically where they—the only time they really get dressed up. The fact that she is the one with the real big bucks and is willing to spend them to look good. And clearly goes outside of that Potomac bubble for a more contemporary and fashion-forward fashion forward look it is to her advantage. Um, I think that given her age, not that she's that much younger than them, but she certainly keeps it more contemporary and obviously in touch with what is sort of the now Um and you know, and she's of has young children, so she's cued in to the women that are in a certain age range, even if she's not. So um, you know, so it's it's evident, and it's where she beats them every time. Ashley could probably afford it, but she's just clearly not a fashion girl. That's that's just not her thing. Um, despite the fact that she was a pageant girl, she was probably dressed by someone else. And also pageant dressing and pageant hair is an, an entirely separate genre unto itself. Um, she always looks expensive, well-tailored, well-put-together by an actual professional well, uh, head-to-toe. Even the two reunions she did, where she was pregnant, she outdid the rest of them with a very close second for uh, for Cam- um, from Karen in the last reunion. I'm sorry, this was not this was not on purpose. I promise. I did forget to uh, in my notes anyway. I forgot to mention Candace. Candace is a very beautiful woman. I think the hair often misses the mark because. I know that she has a hairline, but talk about being someone who is not a good walking advertisement for their own line. It's kind of like Giselle with the cosmetic company. How can you uh, say you have a cosmetic company, cosmetics company when, cause Lord knows I don't want to sound like Nene putting S's where they don't belong and not putting them where they do. But how can you be someone with a cosmetics company when you're, the the base level of your makeup particularly your foundation is usually off so and that's that's the same issue i have with candace uh you and your family have a hair company and particularly it's a company that's my understanding because remember in her first season she talked more about it with uh her mother her sister and herself and her hair is always jacked up and even if she has a halfway decent hair day then her mother has a bad one and again it's not even so much about the styling as it is about the actual quality of the hair which is often matted looking and because of that brownish color it it even it seems to highlight the matting so the hair typically a disappointment um i would actually because she is a pretty girl with that itty bitty little pixie face um i would love to see uh the hair slick whether pulled back and up to show off her pretty little face or you know just just or even in a bun if it you know something you know maybe ornate that um fit whatever she wears and just a nice you know just something very sleekly coiffed. i think she could pull that off because again she's got the little pixie body and shape but in a good way i mean she's i'm you know i take her body any day but and i'm short like her so hey (laughs) you know i wish that i could you know have that but she um You know, she's kind of like that Jada Pinkett frame, so she could do sleek and understated and uh just bring it in and down. Uh she tends she's another one that tends to do too much. And I think that she could do great because even though she's not statuesque like A Cynthia, um she is still A body type like a Monique because again Monique is very thin but she's taller she is a body type that designers would love to dress and and uh, even if she went with um, a local designer or somebody young and new and fresh she could absolutely pull it off because she has what it takes to pull off one of those looks so i would love to see her do sleek and i think she's kind of done it in the past if recollection serves but again screws it up because she does the big well i'll say it the big pageant hair Even Ashley has tried the sleek hair, and I don't mind sleek hair on Ashley. I think what hurts Ashley is that when they do sleek, they can't quite get it right with um, the makeup and how to make that work with her forehead without making her look like a light bulb with hair. And I hate to say that. I mean, she's an attractive woman, but she. does that her forehead is a prominent feature and so in styling her hair that has to be considered or even if you're going to go very sleek with the hair or even pull it back because there's many models with large foreheads um and in uh, some ways that is seen to be desirable because it gives more of a palette for the makeup so um makeup is a key factor if they're going to do that with her but so I'm hoping to see uh you know Candace may get on my nerves but right now we're talking about fashion I'm hoping to see something cool from Candace because she can do it and she has come very close now I recall last reunion because they did a lot of white and some people liked her look, I thought it was overdone, and they had it had some random attachments to it that again made it look like somebody's cousin made it and then it just goes down the road to um, cheap prom dress type thing uh, but it uh, if recollection serves in her first or second reunion, maybe even both, I was not totally put off by the outfit again it is always the hair with her but um she definitely is interested in fashion it's clear that she likes it she does uh tend to take some chances when they do things on the show so i think for her it's just a matter of finding the right look and again there are people who would love to dress her i think it's just a matter of her picking the right one who gets it right so good or bad these ladies and their looks always give us something to talk about no matter what happens in the reunion because i think we all can anticipate that there will at least be a portion of the reunion and i suspect this one will be at least three parts there will at least be a portion of the reunion, probably even an entire episode if they do it in three parts uh, as opposed to two. And I think they did three parts. I think this, they have worked their way up to three. No, no, I think they did two Atlanta did three, but in this case, because of the fight stuff, if they do three parts, then um one entire episode is going to be them not editing enough of how much blabbing they do during the taping of the fight because when they take these reunions they record at least 10 12 hours of footage that is also what gets the women even more upset and they get the footage of folks storming off and tantruming out and whatever because They have been there so long even if they sh- if we see it cut into maybe segment one of the second part of the reunion It is quite possibly something that happened in our nine or ten of taping when that person is just absolutely fed up, especially if um, depending on which way they go um one person is taking a bit more of a beating than others and just you know finally has enough and we definitely see that happen very often on um the real housewives of beverly hills both on the show itself as well as their reunions because they definitely choose somebody to go after as a pack and we've seen that at least a couple of times not consistently but we've seen it a couple of times on atlanta especially if there is something that just gets everybody Um, in their haunches while i didn't feel bad for nene leaks when that happened to her at the reunion the last time only because i had been watching all of the stirring that she did behind the scenes on social media with antagonizing the women and forgetting that She was going to have to see them at least one last time for the reunion, not to mention the fact that each of them individually warned her when she went after them, you know what? I'm not even going to do this with you. I'll see you at the reunion. Eva said it, Candy said it, and Kenya said it all in three different instances where she felt the need to do Instagram lives and Twitter rants, talking specifically about them or some level of beef she had with them for one reason or another um and so of course she played it as if she was just totally victimized and caught unaware at the reunion however um it was something that was she was essentially warned about i guess she just assumed that they weren't going to actually do it that being said whether she um antagonized the women and participated in drama behind the scenes that then played itself out on uh, the taping of the reunion i get that whether a person starts or participates in the drama or not if you are taping for seven, eight, nine, ten hours, and despite the fact that you may be a complete asshole, individuals are arguing with you about it consistently for hours at a time, it can finally be too much for you to take, even if you were the bully who started it all. I mean, that's just I mean that's just normal. It's human. I mean you you literally would have to be a person with absolutely no feelings um whatsoever to be able to withstand that type of vitriol for sustained periods of time no matter what your role in it was. And I think that um unfortunately depending on how these women and now i'm talking about potomac how these women want to be perceived moving forward particularly um giselle bryant uh uh robin dixon even a wendy asifo um because karen has tried to you know Kind of play the middle a bit, although she's gotten some good digs online. Um, but ultimately, especially because, you know, Giselle has even said on the show she's trying to preserve some type of image, whatever that is supposed to be, as it relates to her and Jamal, which I'm not even going to go down that road. And Wendy, because of her position, although someone who really cared about their position, um, probably shouldn't go on a housewife show uh robin i mean neither here nor there i think for her uh part of playing her position is really to try to stay out of the fray just because juan has made it clear repeatedly that he does not like it and all of the men uh have also cl- uh, made it clear that they don't particularly care for how that impacts their relationship with one another but as it relates to Juan in particular he is not terribly happy with even being on this show we've seen that from the beginning so the less Robin can be involved in the drama especially when she's finally got the ring on her finger the better and um yeah so so we'll see if maybe they can hold it in and as it relates to candace if she is smart and wants to maintain her status as victim especially in light of the most recent issues as it relates to her which was a nasty instagram that she did actually talking about the show but then getting into it with a blogger back in August and then pretty much saying, you know, cuz he was overweight and that she hoped he'd die soon and uh last week he died. Um she she needs to do what she needs to do to maintain her victim status and the best way to do that is to um <laughs> You know, you can be a, a victim and be benevolent and let the person apologize. Just because you apologize to me does not mean I have to accept your apology um, because the apology is really for you, not for me. But for from an image standpoint, this is not a situation where she really needs to go in with claws sharpened, gun, guns blazing, and quite frankly, it doesn't even work with the narrative that she has been trying to project as it relates to all of this um especially considering that there is footage coming up of her being aggressive with ashley once again and actually karen huger um and uh, uh who else uh and and monique of course just for obvious reasons it does not serve her well at all to be anything but it's certainly contrite as it relates to candace and um be civil with all of the women that like i said she didn't have to kiss any of their asses but um just if anybody is going to make a fool of themselves this is one of those instances where you're going to have to just let them sit back and do it and if there's lumps they want you to take then just take them and go home and scream into your pillow I I don't know what else to tell you so that is my take those are my fashion predictions and that those are my thoughts on quite frankly how some of the women should even handle the themselves at the reunion I expect that we'll know more about this within the next two days if not sooner Beyond that, there is nothing else. It was a slow news day. I can't believe that I went over an hour talking pretty much about nothing, but hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) So, I hope that um, you are subscribing and you're following and um, you look me up on all social media platforms. Please go there. I am at Let's Be Honest, JJ, that's L-E-T-S. H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J for Just Jonda. That is on Instagram and Twitter. You will also see the links for that in the info box, including the link to my blog page on Facebook, which is the Fashion and Drama Diaries, where we get into gossip, news, fashion, all of it every day, have a great time. We even had um, sometimes have watch parties, which we did, for the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and we'll be doing another one next Wednesday as well. So I hope you will join me there. And uh, if you are an Apple user, please go on to iTunes, give me five stars and comments, and use those social media links to send me messages about what you'd like to see on the show, what you... and maybe some things that you'd like to see me talk about. And remember, as always... If you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, I'm probably thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Good night.